You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season nine, episode nineteen. And uh, I'm John, and I'm joined by regular John on the podcast. How you doing? Yeah. Good. Um, I can't believe that's 19 episodes already. We're only in November. Oh, Flying no. through in this season. Indeed, aye. Um, so, just to make things even more interesting, we thought we would get a podcast person on with like a, a good name, so we got another John on. Um, man of many clubs, I think you've seen more clubs than a deck of cards, John. Is that right? Aye, probably, to be fair. Aye, you're no far off it. Um, so to introduce you properly, um, you're a manager of Fault House United, who play in the East Region Super South League. Doing pretty well this season, aren't you? We're doing alright, we're joint top at the moment. Um, we've started, we've lost the last two games in a row there, which is a bit of a, a, wee, a wee blip, shall we call it, but overall the boys have been fantastic. But we're doing alright, we're still in every cup, uh, get Scottish Cup away day to look forward to, etc. as well, so... I can't really complain. The boys have been outstanding. Yes, what is it about um, us getting um, you and Aaron on after you've both been beaten? Because last time it was Aaron on, you lost 7-0 and then we've got you and you lose 4-1. Well, just you name here, but nobody else they fault us is coming on. I'm sorry, but it's not happening now. <laughs> <laughs> it's tight though in that league, isn't it? There's three teams on 22 points. Very, very tight. Um, as I say, like, the teams that are sitting at the bottom, I'd say some of them false positions. Um, they like to say, I'll even go to Armadale. I think they're in a very false position. Um, it's a very, very tight league. Bathgate are turning in results. It's Everybody can beat everybody. It's got to be a very... There'll be more twists and turns to come before the season's out, but it's got to be nip and tuck, I think. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's another one or two teams that join the three at the top, if I'm being brutally honest. But you've been doing well in the uh, Junior Cup. Uh, that's, that's been brilliant. Um, last 32, it's, it's decent. Uh, a good draw away to Aberdeen as well. So it's a wee away day for the boys, which you're all looking forward to. And we have a bit of luck on the day. Hopefully we can get into the last 16 of that. That'll be a massive achievement. And then you never know if you're there on. Will you just travel up on the morning or will you kind of go up the night before? Oh, we'll be up in the morning. The budget doesn't stretch that far. Um, we'll get a bus up in the morning and get a few supporters now on the bus, hopefully, and make a day of it. You get kind of decent crowds at Fault House? We'll do all right. Um, we've got a good hardcore bunch um, that will come and support us week in, week out. Uh, the Bucky Boys are known as, so... The Bucky they'll, Boys, they'll, right, OK. Uh, I wonder how they get that name. <laughs> They like a wee refreshment at the games, shall we say. <laughs> um, but they're, they're there uh, most weeks anyway. And they, they'll always cheer us on. So we, we've got a no bad, we've got a wee core that follows everywhere. Ah, you need that. So oh, I mean, I, I can follow the juniors as well. So uh, Talbot and obviously could have a good support. But I, you need it. Especially as well. Like to yourselves as well, and Fault House should be relying on that many volunteers as well, kind of doing a job here and there and stuff like that. The volunteers are unbelievable up at the 
the club, to be honest, some of the work they do is unreal. And they, as you say, it's volunteer work. It's no stuff they get paid. They're doing it out their own time, their own spare time. And they're, they're unsung heroes for me. Yeah. They're what keeps clubs going. Yeah. Uh, I just don't, personally, I don't think they get enough praise because you go to senior clubs, all these guys get paid to do the jobs that these guys do for a love yeah. it, for a, a wee club. And it's brilliant. That's why I try to emphasise the boys. Good and work hard. These guys are working hard all week to get your game on or pr- mm-hmm. provide stuff uh, um, for these tea after games, etc., etc. They don't see the graft that goes on behind the scenes. I see it personally because I like to be quite hands-on that side as well and get involved yeah. in a wee bit of cleaning or whatever. I don't mind helping out that way. Me and my assistant manager, David Dunn, will go up early sometimes and help clean out dressing rooms, etc., it's we, we try to get everybody into the wee family feel it. it's our club it's, let's be proud of it sort of thing I could all for one mentality yeah because see if we get I've had players I'll be honest with you I've had players that come in and they swan you about and think everybody owes them something I don't have boys like that they could be the best player in the world I, I like to create a, a solid core that are all together because personally I think you get more out of that I definitely you can't beat good team spirit uh, you got that, a big thing Charlie's as well that's key if you start separating yourself with the group or whatever it's it's hard you're not going to perform on a Saturday you're not going to throw your body in line for your teammate it's for me team team spirit's the biggest thing in football yeah. you can talk about tactics you can talk about uh, the best players in the world if they don't work as a team and fight as a team you're not going to get very far to be honest with you yeah, definitely. Something I've noticed from this, because I'm, um, I don't follow um, a junior team like um, Filthy John uh, does. Um, so I, I'm John. All, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, so F bomb. Uh, oh, it's again with F. F John. Yeah, Bob, F bomb. <laughs> aye. Aye. So, <laughs> this, is, this is getting too confusing. <laughs> too many nicknames this season. But I, um, I don't have, um, you know, the same know-how in junior football. Um, so I'm only seeing things for the outside. But what I'm seeing in the, you know, with a lot of them is how how they're all community based, and we've also touched on the the volunteers. But you know, that it seems to me that most junior clubs, it doesn't matter if um, you know you're the star player or the receptionist or the person that controls the, the Twitter account. Everyone just seems to come together and they all um, and settle with full test. It looks as though it's a a great spirit all round from boardroom down to playing pitch. As, to be fair, as everybody supports each other in many different ways, um, I've been, especially myself recently, with uh, the last seven eight months with my own health and stuff, the club I've been support of, I kind of stepped down and walked away from it, and but now they were there, they support me all the way through, and making sure I was coming back. I mean, I did come back a couple of months ago that I was right to come back and. The support alone for that, it's not just on the field. They support all the boys off the field. Anything we can help with, we'll help them with. We just want to make sure everybody's in a good... wants to be there and they enjoy being there. That's the main thing. They turn up and they enjoy being there. There's nothing worse when you've got boys turn up and they don't want to be there. It's it's pointless. But the committee and that are different classes. They will look after the boys. They do the best they can. They're very limited resources. They work very, very hard. Um, the things like a Twitter account and stuff that's going different class boy Ross Gallagher it does that it does really well with it um, just like try, 
it's just try to raise the profile of the club, just try to get us noticed. If we can provide somewhere where boys come and enjoy playing, they'll talk to their pals. It's easier to attract players that way. That was the biggest thing that I wanted to change when I first came in, um, was to get the profile of the club out there, because I was talking to boys like, who's Falthouse? And you're, you're trying to explain to them, I prefer just meeting boys at the park, because the facilities are a different class. The pitches, different class, dressing rooms, training facilities. It's just trying to get boys, get the place noticed and get it out there. And we've had boys that have come up just seen the place and went, I'll sign right away. And that's a boost for us and a boost for the club because they've made it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you obviously say your hopes. So, you go. No, you go first. What you say your hopes are for the season, John? Obviously, win the league and win a club, haven't been brutally honest. Um, position we're in and out, I don't see why we can't be challenging by the end of the season. I've seen everybody now, and the games we've lost. I wouldn't say teams have hammered us. We've beat ourselves. Um, the last two weeks has been a blip. It's not been the way we've been playing recent, uh, most of the season. But that, that happens in football. It's all about learning from it. So we dust ourselves down. We go back into training this week and we rectify where we're going wrong. And I'm looking for at least a cup and a league this season, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So last season you finished, was it ninth? Where did the improvement come from this season, would you say? Uh, I would actually just say the boys more together. Um, last season, I don't know, it, was, it seemed to be a mental thing because everybody knew the leagues were changing. So in the Cups, <laughs> we done fine in the Cups, got to a final, got to another semi-final. But when it came to league games, I just, I don't know. Subconsciously, I don't know if boys just thought it didn't really matter, if you know what I mean. Don't think they deliberately went out to get beat or... Whatever, I just think, knowing that the leagues were going to change, didn't matter where we finished, we're still going to be in this league, we're in this season. There was, there was nothing really to play for, if I'm being brutally honest. When it came to league games last season, when we found out that the leagues were changing. Um, as I say, in the Cups now, we were different class, we've done really well, unlucky. Got to the final, just blow a gasket. Boys were dead in their feet, but, um, were right down to bare bones for the Cup final. Uh, the other semi-final, we beat a two-one off of Thornton, who went on. To... Sorry, guys. Um, Cup wise, were brilliant, but I just think it was a mental thing last season with the league. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose when um, you know there's change happening and you weren't getting the results, that sometimes um, I don't think players, you know. Deliberately down tools, um, you know. Oh. Um, I think it's just a case of, as you say, you get through the motions almost. Um, you know, it's just a matter yeah. of let's just get to the end of the season and start again. But um, certainly, um, you've started the season pretty well. Yeah, you've had a couple of higher, um, you know, bigger defeats that I've mentioned when it had to be coming on this podcast um, the way things have turned out. But, um, but you know, you've been going pretty well. I mentioned the, the junior cup. You won the back on side derby. You beat. Um, you got your revenge on Thornton, so no. Yeah, that's, like, um... that's, that's what I'm saying. Every time there's been a question asked to the players, they've always responded. So I've, I've no, there's no fear or any panic setting because we've lost two in a row. It's football. It's got to happen, especially at this level. Everybody in our league, where everybody will be everybody. It's all about how they respond, and I've no, I don't, 
I've questioned them on Saturday about attitudes. So, but what I've had the feedback I've had for there is there's a lot of boys angry with their performance, and that to me shows they care. And that's all. That's all you can ask you boys. Uh, if the boys are coming up and getting 110 percent, and it doesn't go away, then sometimes you've just got to put your hand up and go snow your day. But if they're continuing like giving me what they've given me this season, we'll, we'll not be far away. Yeah. I think as well when you look at the turnaround from when you played Thornton the first time and then kind of get them a few weeks later, that shows the mentality of the squad you must have. Aye. I'll be honest, the 7 0 game, I never, I've never, I never came out and told anybody. We, we were playing with two injured players with one sub and with six missing that day. But I'd never use it as an excuse after the game. Um, it's not something I would do. It's everybody's, every team in, in the league or whatever will have that at some point. So it's it's not an excuse. I've got a squad there. Just that day, some boys didn't turn up and they didn't show enough to get a spot. And then the, the second game we played them, we had six changes to the team. And that day, we, I thought we were by far the better side and it showed. Yeah, You obviously touched on earlier that you, you had... Your time off, um, yeah, yeah. So, if, if you don't, if you don't mind me asking, John, no, and, no. Um, but um, what 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 led to what led to um, you know taking the the time off? Well, where do we start? Um, all came. I made a phone call one night to Lady Libby Emerson, who runs back on side. Yeah. Um, I was struggling with depression a bit. I'd lost my brother last year about this time last year, um, a cancer, it was very quickly the way it happened. And from there, I just started shutting myself off of everything. I was not interacting with anyone. I was getting to football, it was fine. It was like my wee escape, but personal life, I was coming home, got in my bed, no interacting, no interacting with the kids. Um, got to work when I could be bothered, going through the motions. Um no, no a care in the world and I just felt myself within myself getting worse and worse and worse um, until I had to reach out for some help um, but back on side I've been different class the support they gave me the people they sent me to see has, has been a whole switch around an absolute switch around the way I, the way I look at things now are completely different um, I, t- I try not to get his what top at the footballs, but sometimes I just takes over. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I spend more and more time with my kids if I can. Uh, I've got my oldest daughter staying now, which is massive as well. So me and her live together. Um, that's she's been massive, and I'm just starting to get back out and interacting again. Basically, just finding myself. I, I'd lost myself for a long, long time, and. I'm just starting to find myself again. I still have my down days. That, they'll still come and go. It's just something I need to live with. And, but I'm learning how to cope with that and how to crack. Um, just let it be and accept that it's got to happen and no try and stress out too much about it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the, big, the, the hardest thing I've ever done is make that first phone call to go and get help. Yeah, yeah that's... that's that, a, I, a I was thing. basically me admitting to myself... I wasn't right, and I'd, I'd been in denial for a wee while before that. Mm-hmm. 
No, that t- it takes more of a. I mean, we hear that we hear the phrase um, "man up," which really um, annoys the living daylights out. Oh, um, it actually takes more of a man to say, "I've got a problem. I need to do something about it," than it does for people to just you know try and br- brush things off. So, no, yeah. fair play to you. And um, we've obviously talked a lot about back on side. Um, we're hoping to make a big announcement in the charity game very soon. Um, so, I'll keep that under my hat just now until um, yep. everything's in place. Um, but. I mean, how did your? I mean, we also had a wee chat with Ern about it. But how did your players? Um, you know, that seemed to. He he mentioned that it seemed to bring your team more together. Whereas, you know, a lot of stigmas before would have been like, oh, he's got a problem. Um, with you know, we distance well, ourselves. That was the biggest thing for me. Obviously, when Ern came in, everybody knew what he'd been through, and I'd been there for him myself personally and tried to help him. When I, when I was in my dark bit, I was trying to help him because that was me escaping my own problems again, if you like. Um, but when he came in, I think, I'll be honest with you, when Ern, Ern, if it wasn't for Ern, I wouldn't have seek the help that he seeked, if I'm being brutally honest. And I tell him that to this day. If he wasn't as brave as he was doing what he'd done, I don't think I would have done it. Mm-hmm. But seeing him, the way the switch around in him, how much help he got and how far he came and I knew how low he was that just made me it gave me the guts to go and ask and go no I'm not right I need to help you I don't like the way I am just now I'm not it's not fair on my kids the, the, it's no fair on myself I'm just letting, just losing myself um, so but I was, I'll be honest with you, I was a wee bit scared. I was going to, my first thought when I went for help and stuff and I was in the hospital was, I can't do this anymore with the football. How can the boys trust me? Even, all the doubt goes through your head. Do the boys trust me? Do they think that I'm stable enough to continue the job that I'm doing? But I'll be honest with you, the boys were different class. My assistant manager again, David Dunn, stepped up and he, he was different class, my chairman, my secretary Dave Huddleston, Colin, everybody at the club right through, the support was unbelievable and they made it easier for me, I, I was trying to come back quicker, um, about a month or so quicker than what I should have, the club refused to let me, yes come to games, you're not going in the dugout, you're not doing this, you're not doing, they were telling me, at the time I, I was spitting the dummy a wee bit and no, I want to get back in but now I know it was from the my best interest. They didn't want me in stressful situations. They just wanted me to be about and give the boys a wee spur on. And the game will always stick my head. So we went up to Livingston. We won one now. It's the first game I'd come back to come and watch properly. And Erin, sure enough, had scored the winner. I was standing up the back goal out the way, just minding my own business. And Aaron comes running over and screams, get down here, get down here. And the whole squad just all cuddled me. That'll love me forever. Brilliant. I've got a wee love to even just talking about it there. Um, that'll, that'll all love me forever. That was one of the special moments that I've ever experienced in my life. Um, just that whole togetherness. And I just felt as if, you know what, the boys need me, they want me. And that was massive for me. And that's how I always try and guide my way and help other people. And that's that which led me on to basically doing what Erin done as well was going on going on to my social media, onto the Twitter, and 
documenting my journey basically because I never sugarcoated it. I had good days, bad days, but I wanted to show people that it's all right to talk about it and it could be it could happen to anybody. And it's no it's no a bad thing to come out and do it. And the fact that I've had people DMing me and put them in contact with back on side and then message me back about a month or so later and thank me for my help, that alone was worth everything that I went through if I came through the other end and helped other people whilst doing so. That that gave me more satisfaction out to help people than I do probably looking after myself, which I get into trouble for in counselling is I need to be more selfish. It's just something I don't know how to be and um, look after myself more, basically. Mm-hmm. I'd rather get my way and help somebody else and ignore what's going on with myself. So learning to be selfish and go for what I want and do things that I want to do is something that I've never really done and it's I'm actually getting a wee bit of joy. I'm doing things in my personal life that I want to do that makes me happy. And th- these are making a big difference in my day-to-day life. Yes, no, it's, it's, it's good to hear. Um, it just it just shows as well how far things have come. Like, I remember 20 years ago, um, Stan Collinmore, I'll use this example because he talks a lot about it, uh, he put himself in a mental health clinic and the media were you know, just slagging them off um, I, I, and stuff like that. Um, whereas nowadays, you know, you think now to Lee Griffiths a year ago, most people, you know, were saying, you know, um, you know wishing them well. You obviously had the odd exception to the rule because um, of who he plays for, etc. But it just shows how much things have um, changed. Yeah. As it's, it's becoming more acceptable now. And I think, for personally, my point of view is you're, you're seeing how bad the situation is with men there's more coming out and people think the problem's getting worse it's just I don't think the problem's the problem's always been there I just think it's now more acceptable people are looking for help and people think the numbers are rising and people depressed but it's men are actually coming out now and seeking the help because other guys are doing it and I think everybody's realising that that problem's always been there for as long as can be but it's now fixable there's, there's too yes. many there's too many young boys that are losing their life and mm-hmm. going down that road and, and I, I'll, I'll never judge people that because I've been on the brink it myself where you just look and you think there's no way out there's nothing good in life or whatever but that's just a mindset that's just a brain injury that's your mind and it's just working around that I've learned that through the therapy and the different people that I've been to see and just learning a new outlook and stuff. Yeah, and it's all, just the fact there's a kind of better awareness now, and that's why football, you see it, a lot of football clubs, they're yeah. one of the biggest helps in communities in terms of the work they do for young males or any kind of males any age, in terms of getting them in there, getting them involved with the clubs and doing whatever they can to help. Uh, it's been needed for a long, long time, even like a small thing like, um, like kids at 16, see, 16, to 18 if they're no good enough at clubs they just get released that's a big thing for young kids as well and that's where I think the mental health support's got to be more in full time football because these kids are leaving school they're doing two years of football they've got nothing else behind them and then all of a sudden they're not good enough not tall enough whatever and they're dumped to the side and that affects uh, boys mentally 
Yeah, you, you had a spell in the seniors yourself as well, didn't you? You were yes, uh, Albert Rovers yeah. and then Motherwell. Uh, well, I, started, I left school and went to Ipswich um, from school. So I was down there, done a year there. Came back up the road, went to Albi, signed for Albion Rovers, Motherwell, and <laughs> again the Jack Nicholas, too many clubs. Uh, but I've been through all the leagues in the seniors, played in all the leagues. Um, the juniors has always been my thing. I've always been a junior man. Everybody knows me, knows that my big thing is the juniors. I just, the juniors is an honest game, in my opinion. Yeah. The senior games, no, it's just dying a death now for me. Aye, that's what I find as well. I've spoke to him. I've said to John, and I say to Chris, it's usually on in terms about the, the junior game and the honesty, and it's like proper football, like when you watch uh, football I, back I, in the I 80s. See, I see it. Yeah. It's still it's like teams play four four two. They go out to win games. There's tactics to an extent, but it's more so just these guys that like playing football just, for the love of the game. Aye, that that's the main thing. Because to be honest, now even the last couple of years, the money in juniors is nowhere near where it used to be back in the day. So the guys that you're getting, you know, they're not there for the cash or whatever. You've only got your two or three clubs that can afford the big money to get all these big players in, but. Majority, 90% of the juniors is just honest guys out training twice a week after their work for the love of the game. That's, that is about mine, it. Yeah. We've had this um, chat before about, you know, with um, Lisa Gosses. Obviously, we've had the pyramid system um, in some year. Um, some clubs, um, like Kelly Hearts, for example, are trying to build their way back, you know, getting into senior league. Um, yeah. And try to cut, you know, some of the junior clubs adrift almost. But, you know, in the case of Auckland Lake Talbot, and obviously maybe being a wee bit biased because obviously John's on here, but Auckland Lake Talbot in the Scottish Cup, you know, they've proven that they can mix it on on their off on a one-off occasion as well. And it's always good to see junior football getting the limelight. I've always, I've definitely, I've always said Auckland Lake are the pinnacle of junior football. They're what everybody wants to be. I've always said that Auckland Lake are. I, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but every cup, Scottish Cup, they're all in open like away. It's the biggest day out you can get. Yeah, <laughs> I. And I, I've got main club going, why do you want to go there? Like, because you want to play against the best. Mm. You want to test yourself. And if you play the best, you want to play them in their own patch. And it's just about testing yourself. I'm not expecting to go down there and turn open like over. No, no way at all. But I want to go down there and compete and let the boys see that they can compete at that ground against A players. So I, I've been begging for Alton Lake for God knows how many draws now. <laughs> yeah, decent payday as well. So that, that as well, that keeps it. I would, down yeah. there with that crowd, you get that, and you get half the gate in this coach cup day. So that alone, that's like five cup ties for us, that, that one game. Wow. No, in that, terms of the. There you go. In terms of the squad you've got as well, you're just now obviously um, Aaron, he's come from through the West um, yeah. region. You got any other players that come through the West? Or are they mostly East based? No, um, I'd say I'm actually mostly West based, to be honest with you. Right. Um, most of my boys all come through the West. I've got one, two, I think I've only got about four, five for the East. All the rest are all West boys. It's because where Fault House is as well, it's bang right in the middle. Yeah. So, and obviously, you're trying to get the best you can there, but it's mainly the way, where we are through some of the West boys. So, 
I've got a lot of West Boys through the ones I bring up are it's, it's new for them as well it's fresh it's a different league it's a different setup. so no to be fair in my time up there it has been a lot of West Boys but this season I've, I've, there's been a few East Boys come in boys with Falkirk etc so just try to keep it mixed up basically it's what players come up and yes. who fancies coming I don't go for I need to get East players or I need to get West players or whatever it's just what players are available and see if you can get them in the doors. Um, so, yeah, Aaron gave us a bit of ammunition as well to kind of fire at you. So before we do that, <laughs> you could maybe explain what he's like and give us a bit of ammunition on him. He's the moaniest ever been in your life. Typical striker. Aye. A striker scores goals. He's not scored for a few weeks. Bad books in yeah, especially with the nickname that he's been uh, giving you and um, that someone else has been giving you because we obviously know that you're a Rangers fan but you wouldn't know it given what's done around social media. Can I just say that picture's a lot of years old? <laughs> 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 and it was took for a, a lost bet. <laughs> I thought it was a statue maybe or something like that. Oh, uh, it's, it's a lost bet and it's been circling every, every year it seems to pop up. Shows <laughs> your game for a laugh anyway. Yeah, exactly. Ah, that's that's it. You lose a bit, you lose a bit. You've just got to take consequences. Yeah. Now, fair play because um, you know if, if I was involved in a bet, um, if someone asked me <laughs> in a bet, you've got to put on a Rangers or Celtic um, scarf. No way would I even be in the bet to begin with, <laughs> <laughs> or I'd need to find some form of forfeit. Um, listen, since we're um, getting to know you, um, I've just got a few quick fire questions uh, for you. Um, find yeah, out a bit. Well. So I'll, I'll keep them clean. I promise you. So, um, what's your favourite beer? Budweiser. Who was your childhood hero? Andy Gorham, Chris Woods. Best manager you've played under in any point of your career? Oh, good one. Um, oh, that's a good one. Billy Davis. Most memorable away trip, again at any level? Um, Frankfurt with Scotland uh, youths. Nice. Colleen Rooney or Rebecca Vardy? <laughs> Who did you say? None. None. Oh, right, okay. Um, best comfort food? Oh, ice cream. Uh, who's the best? Good John, Filthy John, or Chris? I don't know who Chris is. I'll go with Filthy John. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> What's been your best moment as a manager? Um, probably get back to what I was talking about earlier that day up at Livingston and all the boys came over. That, that was special. Nice. Um, four celebrities you'd want to go on a night out with? On a night out with? Four celebs? Mm-hmm. Um, or are Jesus. you more humble? <laughs> I'll go for Billy Conley for a bit of banter. Uh, no Gallagher for a wee sing song. Dom uh, Thomas at Kilmarnock for his banter and all. And Peter Innes for his banter. Excellent. And finally, if if uh, Test win the Junior Cup against the Auckland Light in the final, where are you taking the boys <laughs> for a weekend away? <laughs> Whitburn. 
Why weapon? Just your Robert Fair enough. So what's the best pub in Whitburn? Don't know, we'll be walking about the streets with a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for that, thanks for um, clearing up. Uh, one thing I do need to mention, you mentioned uh, your, um, your pal Ross who does the Twitter account, because um, I asked yeah. him about the, the nickname thing, he didn't want his backside kicked, um, but he did ask me to ask you about Terry Butcher. No so, comment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I despise the guy. <laughs> right. Any part- do you want to elaborate on that? We're all pals here. Nah, I was at Marlow when he was there. And he was a bit of a bully. I, I don't like bullies, so I had a run in with him bullying one of the younger players. And needless to say, I never kicked a ball again for Marlow. But I can't. I just I don't like guys like that. They try to bully. It's not my thing. Yeah. Try to put fear into people. I've played with Paul Sturrock, Billy Davis. There's putting fear into somebody and there's bullying. There's, there's a big difference. And I, I don't like bullies. Yeah. Did that upset you even more given the fact that he was a Rangers legend when you were growing up? Yes. I used to, I used to like him, but no more. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, just before we go on to the, the kind of weekend action and different things like that and covering what's going on in Scottish football last week, Obviously, kind of manager now, you've transitioned from being a player. What's the what would you say is the kind of main differences in terms of the buzz you get and different things like that? I'll be honest, I I found a buzz in the management side when you see the boys doing well and all that 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 has a place to play inside because I'll be honest, before I got the manager's job, I knew my time was running out playing side and it's all I've ever known is the playing side. So and. Getting up on a Saturday and going to your football doing your two nights training, it's all I've ever known since I was a, a, a child. I've done it for God knows how long. Um, then when I got the management thing, I didn't know how I was going to be with it, but it's a completely different buzz. You're, you're getting a buzz out of other people now instead of your own performance. You're getting a buzz out of seeing other boys. I, I, if I bring a young boy in and they do well, you know, I've got an ex-pro in and they're doing brilliant. I get a buzz out of that scene that I've gave them a really of life and give them a chance to go enjoy football or whatever. So that gives me the buzz. But again, it goes back to the I get enjoyment out of helping other people. If I see right. boys enjoying their football under what we're trying, me and my assistant, they've done a trying to do uh, at the club, then that gives us a buzz. We we feed off of the boys basically. Cool. Ambitions as a manager. To be successful as I can. Um, to continue, just to be successful as I can, do, take fault as, as far as we can go. I think the club have gave me a chance in management and I like to show a wee bit of loyalty there as well and try and do my best for the club on on and off the pitch, um, promoting them, etc, etc. So um, just try and make fault as successful as we can be. Aye, oh, good luck, yes. Yeah, I best luck the the rest of the season. Hope Falters continue to do well. Um, and hopefully, if they get um, Ocken Lightness, the Junior Cup will <laughs> certainly boost that. Um, yeah. Well, invite Ocken Light ones on, please. <laughs> oh, we've had. Uh, do you know Sean McElroy? I know all of them. I've, I don't think I've met the guy personally. We've had him. We had him in the build up to the air game uh, last season. So 
he was good crack, good banter. He's obviously he's with Beef Juniors now. So like I said about that the better, but oh, he's, he's a good guy. <laughs> good guy. Actually he got his top at the uh, the air game, they were kinda of doing the tops and selling no the one he wore but uh, replicas. So I got his top yeah. actually. That's um, brilliant. So, uh, yeah, that was a so, uh, go back to last Thursday then. Um obviously kinda of two European ties set up with an actual early kick off and then Rangers a the later kick off. Yeah. Couldn't have gone much better, eh? It's brilliant for Scottish football. Anybody that says anything different is uh, they're at it. That yeah. alone just set out that everybody slags, slags off the Scottish League. Rangers and Celtic the last two seasons have been pushing each other, in my opinion. And since Gerrard's come in at Rangers, it's actually boosted Celtic, if I'm being honest. Because um, Celtic are now going up that extra wee gear, which... They've no needed to in the previous season, if we're, if we're all being honest here. They could, they've won the league in second gear, almost. Um, but you can see the two of them this year, especially, are p- pushing each other all the way. And, and it's only good for the, the game here. If yeah. you've got two clubs that are going out of Europe and beating your so-called big guns, and let's be honest, we're playing these, some of these big teams off the park, like Celtic and Rangers. They're going, out to the, going away to these grounds and actually bossing games. That's massive. And you've got the... I see a lot on social, uh, the Twitter as well where you get a lot of English fans all slot on the league talk, saying League One's better than this and that. You've got Rangers and Celtic out there dominating Europe, which is brilliant. Two of them are top of their groups. That, that's a different class. And especially if the coefficient goes up a wee bit as well. I absolutely. I mean, you look at Celtic, we're in Italy for the first time. He's spoken about last week. Mm-hmm. And no one in Italy in Europe before going and put in that performance. I mean, I watched... I never saw the whole game with Celtic, but I saw the last half hour. Just uh-huh. both teams trying to win it was terrific. Happy up for football that last half hour. Yeah, without yeah. doubt. Um, I only got to see the last couple of minutes because I also do the um, bedtime routine at that point with the wee man, but uh, it was. I couldn't have turned on at a perfect time, and uh, it's a terrific Frenchman charm. And, you know, we spoke about it briefly last week um, about, you know, when we were growing up watching football Italia, um, Lazio were probably the more likeable teams at, at that point um, with some of the players they had. Um, and then, but at that point, I didn't know what Lazio stood for until Paolo Di Canio uh, made um, headlines for the wrong reason with fascism start chanting um, and slits. And then that, some of the stuff that they were up to last week, stabbing Celtic fans was just ridiculous. So it was good to see oh. as well them getting their comeuppance for all that off-field um, crap. And but more importantly, Celtic getting the victory. And then I watched the Rangers game later on. Um, I don't think Rangers were particularly great first half, but um, apart from the one that uh, Kamara cleared off the line, Porto didn't really threaten that much um, no. on McGregor's goal. And then second half, Rangers stepped up, and it's a classy finish by Morelos. Um, and then he sets up Davis for the second one. And, uh, yeah, a terrific night for Scottish football indeed. It was. Because, let's be honest, the national team's taking a bit of doing in the... Yeah. Probably rightly so. As poor. Yeah. But if you've got Rangers and Celtic then going out of Europe and doing that, it can only be good for the game overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then well, Porto were in the quarterfinals of the Champions League last year, were they not? That's right, yep. So, and, but you'll get Celtic fans that will say Porto are rubbish, then you'll get the Rangers fans saying that Lazio are not the same team. It's, you're, you've got to get that side, that'll never change. That, that yeah. side it will never change but for <laughs> Scottish football on the whole it was different class both of them winning that night mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the thing is, I mean, yeah, we can sit here and say, aye, Port are near the team they were in 2003 to 2004, Lats are near the team they were in uh, 1999 to 2001, Celtic aren't the same team they were when they reached the AFA Cup final, Rangers aren't the same team they were when uh, they nearly reached the European Cup final in 1993. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that would, it's, that's just obviously, as you say, um, you know, the people who just can't see wood for their green or blue uh, spectacles, to be honest with you. You know, um, a, a terrific result Celtic going to Lazio winning, as we said before, first time um, they've done so against Italian sides um, and Rangers beating Porto convincingly at home. And if Rangers win against Feyenoord, then not only do both uh, sides go into the last 32, but you've now got two sides getting into Champions League um, or Champions uh, League qualifiers in two years' time, which can only be a good thing. Exactly, instead of having to go through the mockery, they need to go through the now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the obviously the flip side from from that is that obviously Celtic Rangers will strengthen financially, um, which doesn't help everyone else who's trying to catch them. But it's up to other teams to to try and do better. But if Celtic Rangers, you know, continue to do well, then it opens up more possibilities. And then Aberdeen, for example, won't have to play as many qualifiers if they were to finish third um, to try and get into Europa League playoff, which is or equivalent of Celtic trying to get into Champions League. Aye, that's exactly it. It's, it's just a fancy who coefficient hanging in anyway, and just having to get through all that carry on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, in my opinion, smaller leagues, smaller nations that are getting teams straight in. Yeah, exactly. But it's up to Scottish football to do more about it, and let's hope that's is on the right road. But, um, but yeah, after Rangers... The good thing about Celtic Rangers doing well in Europe, they you then get the the bad side for everyone else that they both come back and win convincingly, which strengthens our gap in Scottish football even more. Um, convincing two 0 wins for both sides, but yeah, it makes the title race um, more interesting, probably most interesting for a good while, as you say. Uh, yeah, as it's, it's as I'm saying, we've got a product to be proud of. Now. Um, all that's got to do is encourage other teams to up their game when they play them now because they know it's not got to because let's be honest in the last few years when you go go into Ibrox and that a couple of years ago it wasn't the same got to Parkhead teams actually fancied themselves whereas years ago if you went to Parkhead and Ibrox you were scared and I think that's coming back in again they're, they're sending out a message where there's a fear factor on the company Parkhead and Ibrox yeah, I think the main thing I see from Rangers is the depth of squad that they've got as well. Yeah, Gerald's yeah. magic, keep players on their toes. You're a tight, kind of clever layer. There's maybe not wholesale changes, but it'll change maybe two or three here and there. So players know they need to be in the top of their game to stay in the team. He's got high standards as well. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, yeah. His record in Europe last season was terrific. Like, obviously it improved from what it was before Gerard came in, but the last 18 months, yeah, Gerard's certainly kind of taken back up on a level and Makes it interesting, certainly. I think he's yeah. learned as well, um, and I think the biggest thing that he learned was um, he realised that the disciplinary um, record was out of control, um, and towards the end of the season, he sort of seen him having digs at, you know, Morello's been the main one, McGregor, he had to dig at him as well, um, and he, he straightened that out, but it would have been easy for him to sell Morelos in the summer, um, but Rangers yeah. wouldn't have got more than ten million, in my opinion, at that point. But he's worked with them, and now Morelos is starting to le- deliver bigger games, uh, like bigger European games. He still loves to do it against Celtic, um, but I wouldn't rule out Morelos getting a goal in one of the next couple of Celtic matches. I mean, the the boy's on fire just now, and uh, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, touching on what you're talking about with Gerard there, the thing I've noticed he's no scared to make big decisions. If he <laughs> wants to leave boys out, he'll do it. He's no, but he seems to have the respect for the players when he does it. There doesn't seem to be any, what shall we call it, like dummy tits spat out or anything. They all know it's for the bigger picture. They all need to rotate at some point, and he seems to have a good chemistry with more laws in the uh, four. They two seem to be close as. You see them all smiles every time they score to go to each other. That's different class to see. Aye, especially when like there's only one of them playing at a time. Yeah. They're kind of rivals effectively for the jersey. That's exactly that, but see them pushing each other on that that's massive. That's that used to be like the game was in Scotland years ago. If you weren't playing you were still pushing hard and pushing another guy, making sure no, I just think there's a mentality of I'm not playing them in a mood with boys and I should be playing and dummy tits come out and they don't want to work hard to get back out of teams. I'd even say that's more so in the juniors now. I think there's a lot of boys that turn up and expect just to play no matter what. Whereas you've got to earn the right to play. Yeah. Any, even any level, you've got to earn the right to play. You can't just turn up and expect to play. If there's somebody else out there training harder, looking sharper, and you're just going through the motions. You've got to expect to be left out. I came through with an era was if you didn't work hard enough, you didn't get in, and you were told why you weren't in, so you had to work hard. But now it's it's just a different mentality. Yeah, definitely. And and obviously with Rangers last season, they one of the games they lost to was at Livingston. Um, they lost that game one 0 this year, um, they've went there and won 2 now, which really does um, sum up the improvement. Um, but Celtic are obviously keeping themselves just ahead just now by winning by the same score. Um, yeah. I think you're going to see that a lot. I think it's going to come down to a combination of the old firm games and maybe an I'd unexpected like slip up somewhere. Because the only reason it's level just now is because Celtic slipped up at Livingston. Other than that, the record's pretty much identical. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's good. As I say, it can only be good for a game. And it's not just Celtic running away with it, as they have done for quite a, some time now. So it, it can only be good f- for everybody concerned. It would be good for Celtic because they're going out knowing they have to win. So uh, they've, got, they've got a wee added pressure they've not had before, but sometimes that brings the best out in you. In terms of the um, best of the rest, well, Aberdeen are now in the third position, courtesy of um, Celtic beating well, the weekend and also their own win at Ross County, which is now four wins over five, uh, four wins out of the last five. It's blitzed, it's, um, blitzed by the fact that we lost 4 0 to Celtic and having not played well, but you know, to win four games, um, only concede one goal, which was a penalty, which wasn't a penalty because the handball was outside the box, and then come back from behind to beat Ross County that's just that's a pretty good score Aye as I say Aberdeen have they've been used to being the second behind Celtic recently I mean Rangers the last two seasons especially they've found themselves away but as you say that's some record as well but four out of the five and with Celtic in between Celtic are on fire Rangers are on fire so it's not really a, a big a sore one to take if you know what I mean it's it's still, yeah. you're still going to beat the rest of them, and you're not sitting in third for no reason. Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think the kind of disappointing fact for us this season has been the lostness at Mirrenell in the season, and then obviously going out the side, going out the cup to a pure heart side. But aside from that, we're not far off where we've been on any other season under McInnes. Um, yeah. At a stage, 
there is the audience is coming back. I think player we've got a kind of close to a kind of full full fit fully fit squad as well, which is helping. Is it he was struggling with a lot of injuries for a wee while there as well? It was. Mm-hmm. It was bare bones. Uh, and generally on each season under McKenna, there's generally a time where we go on a run. And hopefully that's when that's what's happening just now. You can kind of strings together like eight or nine ones in a row. Hopefully he's um, Celtic one of them. <laughs> I hope that, aye. Um, but aye, kind of big thing as well was for us is trying to get Craig Bryson kind of fit because again he started on Saturday um, because subbed after 50 minutes mm-hmm. um, I think McKenna said he could have subbed him earlier than he wanted to because just the way the kind of game was going but yeah, that's yeah. if he can get him fit that would be a kind of major boost yeah. um, aside from that we go behind on Saturday then McGinn scores a really clever free kick definitely one from the training ground when you see it back in terms of the movement that Bryson makes actually to kind of make the gap in the wall yeah. um, and then Hedges free kick he's no way, he's no meant to shoot he's obviously kind of looking and just get a knock on um, someone to get on the end of the ball but the see if everyone goes in and then yeah, Contadine where a, a striker's finish in his yeah. 499th game for Aberdeen yeah. it shows good character as well to come from behind and know what it affects you and the fact that you can Go behind, regroup, and go again. That's that's just a thing of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I mean, McInnes has taken a, a fair bit of um, a battering this season. Now, the, the performances at Ibrox and the performance against Celtic combined were both brutal. Um, the fact that we almost went in those games, except in feet four, went in the part was just unacceptable. And then losing nine goals in those respective games, it's a change for losing what nine and one under Mark McGee, but that's another thing. Um, but yeah, we've. We've picked, since that national break, we've picked up well um, and got ourselves back into uh, the third position. Um, but I think the problem is with some Aberdeen fans who spoke about it before um, is that we seem to think that we should be up there t- challenging for the title. We don't have the funds to do it. We don't have the, the same funds. And and an ideal, I know people say about Leicester, look at Leicester in 2016. Yeah. They're still spending <laughs> yeah, they still had a squad that's cost them about fifty million paying more than wages than what Aberdeen are able to. Oh, um, it was still a miracle. I'm not taking anything away from Leicester's achievement, but um, you know, just you can't make the same comparison um, because Celtic are even under Ronnie Dyle had a lot more money and a lot better quality pick from than Aberdeen did. And that's just yeah. fact. You can build the squad with, with more money. You've got more players, more more quality. As you're saying. You can't compete with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but over in Edinburgh, um, we spoke last week about um, you know the major side race um, became like buses and they ended up in Edinburgh. Well, <laughs> wins have been the same because the Hibs and Hearts both discovered um, after starting the major how to play football and win games and how to attack teams. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, I find that uh, that's a bugbear of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it could be managers no motivating players or formations. I'd, I'm, it's a real bugbear of mine when teams and players start using formations excuses. It's still 11 v 11 players. At, at the end of the day, you can talk about tactics and whatever. We're, we're talking earlier on about the juniors and stuff. It's just going home and going at it. Who wants it more? And obviously, there was no desire to play for either manager, so that's that was evident. Then you turn the two of them go out the door and you get results. Sometimes I just think looking from a manager's point of view now, 
the players cheating the managers at times, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, think, think, I think there's too much player power at certain clubs. Mm-hmm. I think it's just everywhere. I'll go back to a game that was talking about uh, mentality now with different players. Um, I think it's just a generation thing. Uh, back in the day, the manager was the manager, and you, <laughs> whatever he said went. No, as you say, it's players are getting more of a say, clubs are listening to their players more than the other management and whatever. It, it's, it's just kind of what that, and that all comes down to the money side of things as well. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question that, um, you know, players should be... I, I hate this, that players, um, you know, pick and choose which manager which to play for. Like, for example, um, Chris Boyd and Lee McCulloch retired uh, from international duty under um, George Burley, but they came back for the next manager, who happened to be Craig Levine. Um, I, I find that kind of thing just disrespectful. Um, on the flip side, with the, heart, um, the heart side of things, there's no doubt that they were being restricted what they could do. Um, and it just... Part of it shows, you know, they... They changed their tactics. Um, Austin awesome he was actually quite brutal with his team selection. You know, he made quite a few changes. He um, one of the big ones he did was um, drop Sean Clare, um, who has been a passenger throughout most of his time at Hearts, and they came out with a terrific victory at the weekend. You know, winning five two. It's a great point. Um, again, I'll get back to the Chris Boyd situation that you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. about playing for certain managers for me if you're a professional you, you've got to have more about you as a, you've got to have self-pride about you as well as a player if you're going out in the park I always went out and gave 100% no matter what game it was or who you were playing you've got to have a wee bit about you and a bit of professionalism and gear all in every game can I just go out and go nah, I can't be bored today if I, if I ever got to that stage I'd just retired mm-hmm. and that, that annoys me with players these days and they turn up for certain games, don't turn up for other games. Football is a very short-lived career, and if you're not going out and playing every game like your last game, then there's no point in playing the game. Aye, no you're cheating the fans order. as well. Ah, you're cheating everybody. You're cheating yourself. I, I've seen uh, certain players that can only play in certain pitches or whatever. And for me, you've just got to have a wee bit more about yourself and put yourself about and a bit of self pride. I wanted to win every game I played and even five or six of uh, training there's always that what to win you just don't get that anymore boys are quite happy to go through motions and pick up their wage especially mm-hmm. you see in that uh, English Premiership now you've a couple of examples you look at Alexis Sanchez and you look at look about Sir Pollard you drop him so what he's still getting 140 grand a week <laughs> he's no bothered it's not affecting him yeah. whereas back in the day it was everybody was on a small wage you got your appearance money, which bulked up your wage. And if you didn't play, you didn't get that appearance money and your, your money was done. So there was always something to play for. Now it's everyone's on a platform. I've got everything in life. Stupid money a week. It doesn't matter if they play crap or no, they're still getting that money. Yeah, you don't get the, um, you know, the cleaning the bits like David Beckham was cleaning Brian Robson's bits before he burst onto the scene but now you've yep. got um, you know just normal boot cleaners and the kids just have everything laid on as you say and you know I'm all for I'm all for the game evolving and uh, you know um, you know kids having the best of what's available but I think as well there's got to be yep, yep, an yep, element yep. of education as well and I think Aye. that's been taken away that, that, that's exactly what it is it's an education getting in, it's a discipline getting in there make sure boots are clean taking care 
one of the things I can always remember a kit man doing at Ipswich, he's, he called it your tools, your boots and your gloves were your tools. Always look after your tools and they'll look after you. So you always had to make sure your stuff was pristine. If your boots had a wee bit of dirt on it, you were fine to ten on that. And back there as a young boy, that was a, a, losing a tenner off your wages was massive. So you always made sure you spent that extra wee five, ten minutes disciplining yourself to make sure you done it right. And that, that side, it's been lost along the way. Aye, folk just are wanting everything done for them, don't they? Aye. You talked about the generation thing earlier, like a lot of youngsters just expect things to be given Aye. to them as opposed to earned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone we ever done when we were young kids um, coming through the game is you had to earn it, you had to earn your place, you had to earn the right to train with first teams or whatever. You, you had to work for it. No boys are just expecting it, everyone laid in a plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's. Um... It's certainly more prominent in England. You know, you see, you see guys at sixteen that are getting like five, ten grand a week before they even do anything, before they even hit the first team. It's you know, it's quite, it's quite scary how money is get is thrown about the confetti that quickly. Um, and that's why you see, like, as Lamfarouz, you know, going down to, um, you know, to Chelsea before he was even ready. And well, look at where he is now. He's not even playing for anymore. Too much too soon. That's he's never had to work for anything. Mm-hmm. and then you end up with that mentality of you can't be bothered don't need to because as that used to get never laid on from then it's a shock when they need actually physically go and go oh wait a minute I need to make a living here and that's where the game's being let down I think with the money side of it because we're losing a lot of talent through it yeah we definitely say so um, Going back to McDermott Park, though, need to just say we kind of slagged him off, but uh, dodgeball, dodgeball, he's got his ball, the hat trick, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing, Christian, dodge goals are like buses. Um, <laughs> seems to be a lot of bus references going, in, going on about Edinburgh again, um, but no, fair play to the lad. Um, he gets lucky with his first goal because his first efforts are appalling, but so is Sander Clark's efforts to um, try and hold it and, and he takes advantage, but then he gets a nicely flick flat goal for the second one and then a cracking head of the third so no fair play to him and if he keeps doing that week in week out then it'll shut his critics up very nicely yeah Scott uh, Allen a good goal as well yeah that was a great finish to be fair to him mm-hmm. yeah he took it that's him about seven yeah. goals this season is he? aye he had that many Did, um, I think a couple of them came in the League Cup group sessions mind you but he's been he's been wasted a little bit by being moved from position to position, so whoever comes in at Hibs, they'll also look to see if um, they can get the best out of him, because uh, I mean, he's a, he's a terrific talent, but it's not just, you know, about a matter of a match has got to come in, make sure Scott Allen's playing in the hole, Scott Allen's also got to do it more frequently as well, because he's a boy that's I mean, I think by his own admission he moved too soon for Dungeon United um, he went to West Brom before he was, he'd only played like five games for United and thought he was too good for United, and He's only completed two full seasons, I think, in his playing career. That's poor, isn't it? And he's 27 now, so... Um, but he seems... Hib seems to work for him, so... Um, yeah. Uh, seems, seems to work for both. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only game we've probably not covered is Kamarik and Hamilton. Two cracking goals for Hamilton. Yeah. 
um, and then they get their man sent off. But and Kilmarnock did well to get back into it, and they'll be disappointed they didn't get the win. But no, um, yeah, two really good goals in Mickey or Miller. Um, the start that's on sports scene um, that he scored in every league um, away game that he started too. So they maybe maybe Hamilton will need to start him more away from home. <laughs> they'll get more goals. I definitely. I think the crucial point in that game was before half time, Vaughan Williams should save El Makrani's show. I think maybe after yeah. that, if Hamilton going 2 0 at half time, I think probably Hamilton see the game out. But that gives Kilmarnock the loft and then they score kind of quite early on in the second half as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, it was a good um, Saturday, certainly. Good. There was a lot of goals. I mean, you had seven in the Hearts game, four in the um, Kilmarnock and uh, Ross County games, and five at, um, at Demi Park. So, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, if we got that those averages we can week out, then you know John's talking about selling the product more. That would certainly help sell a product because <laughs> although whilst it's not the most prestigious league, um, it's it's more honest than some of your English Championship, etc. Yeah. And there's and it's more entertaining. We should try and get more value for it um, instead of selling it for as cheap as possible at Sky Sports. Correct. And then just going covering the lower leagues, we had the Dundee Derby on Friday. Which was expected to be a kind of tough game, but I think Dundee United kind of came through it. Yeah, for what Easily I heard, the, for what I heard, the first half was a complete non-event. Um, but terrible. Half. I switched off at halftime. Yeah, that's not what you want to see in a, in a derby game. Exactly, there was nothing absolute for a derby game. It, it was absolutely nothing. I switched, as I say, the standard was poor, and there was nothing in the game. I, I ended up switching it off. Yeah, that is bad. Um, I don't know if it's a shock so much because our brothers have been doing so well, but our brothers beat Inverness 3 now on Saturday. They just keep on going from strength to strength. What was a shock was the call of the first goal. The passing move was terrific. See if that was um, in England, they'd be replaying that week every week, or if it was Messi or if it was Ronaldo in the end of that. Um, but no, it's a terrific goal. Um, terrific team goal and a great finish by the boy Stuart. And that was one of our. We decided to change things a wee bit. Um, for Pickett because last week we didn't even mention Pickett out. so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we picked a couple <laughs> and decided to do a poll um, and that was one of the three but that didn't even win it we'll come to the winner later um, mm-hmm. it was a very well worked goal yeah Morton continued to be dreadful away from home lost to Botman like Partick how do you and reverse then... that <laughs> <laughs> John, if your team... Um, I don't know, I think, was it, we all mentioned earlier in, the, earlier in the season, get a psychologist and get on your plate at home after the game. <laughs> John, see, what would you do um, if, if Faltos were to go the next five games that win away from home? How would you reverse that? What would you, Or are you going to save that for a rainy day? I'll save that for a rainy day. You lost a way and at home this week, so I'm snookered. You're from the right on the ass. <laughs> Need to play a neutral venue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then Queen of the South beat Air. Air kind of struggling since McCall certainly get had a couple of wins, but it's not going as well as they would have hoped. Yeah, I think um, they they they'd had a couple of wins after Kerr got the job. I mean, they lost the first game, then won the next two, so they thought it picked up, but. Um, then you beat again, but that championship is just so tight. I mean, there's not much between most of the sides. I think I, I think Dundee United right now are showing signs they're going to start pulling away. Um, 
and then between the rest of them, there's not much in it at all. Ah, it's very yeah. close, that league. Very, very close. Mm-hmm. Nothing tucked. Yeah. And in League One, the leadership changed hands again because Falkirk lost at home to Airdrie and Wraith Rovers beat Stranraer 3-1 and East Fife won 4-2 away to Dumbarton and Wraith Rovers, I think, are ahead by a goal. Well done, yeah. Wraith. Mm-hmm. Well, I've spoke between the top four. Not like... I'm actually, I'm pals with uh, Clyde and the Stranraer goalie coaches and both have commented that Wraith are the best side in that league that they have came across. So you're saying get your money on Wraith? Yes. <laughs> A bit worse, you don't phone me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you mentioned Clyde and Peterhead. They played each other at Broadwood and Peterhead won 2 1, the two new promoted sides. So yeah. Peterhead have now got a couple of victories after um, being in a bit of a slide. Um, but I think the teams that are starting to feel cast adrift at the bottom are Strindar, we've mentioned them, and Forfar, who actually were at near the top at the start of the season, are now setting bottom. Having been beaten by Montrose and, and Angus Derby. Yeah, and then League Two, the other game was probably Edinburgh and Elgin. Yeah, probably. Um, Finished one all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the biggest winners were Queen's Park with a 5 2 win over Brecon. Um, Cove won again. Um, Annan beat Cowan Beath 1 0, which is almost a shock in a way. And then we had. One or the other. The winner of the goal um, of the picket by you and East of Albion Rovers in their 2-1 win over Stensway. We were talking about how their form had um, slumped. I threatened an interview with Kevin Harper and they go and win a game. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it was um, their sports therapist uh, who's also called John um, had, tw- had tweeted us about the goal of the week um, being uni. So I think he's probably had a wee hand in it to say He's, some of his mates to get the votes up but it is a good goal to be fair it's a, it's a good finish yeah. I'm all for that clubs getting behind their players and voting for the best goal that's fine with us. So, so am I it gets more publicity for us um, and thanks to everyone who, who did vote um, no I'm, I'm very happy um, I, th- I thought it was quite funny I'd, um, just when I talk about polls because 31 people voted in that I did one of my own Twitter um, talking about the Scotland strip and I actually get more folks on it than the podcast one so let's try and get more people um, interacting with the podcast um, I'll but, do my wee bit yeah thanks oh you, you have already there's been a fair bit of reaction with the fact we had we said we were having a kind of special guest on so I appreciate it no yeah. I appreciate that I appreciate the time boys yeah. Um, good having you on, and you can good to have you on. Can I speak so freely about everything in terms of the football side of things and everything else as well? So, wish all the best for the season. We hope you get we'll get you back on as well during the season. Uh, we'll try and get you back on after the win, though. Aye, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, it's been great Thank having you, you on. It's been brilliant. It's been brilliant being on. Thank you. and continue the good work as well because it's something I do listen to most weeks as well. So. Just keep the good work going, boys. Thanks. I appreciate it. Well, thanks very much. No, we do appreciate it. And thanks again for, for coming on. And uh, Big question, is um, Aaron Connolly dropped this weekend? Just like drop his son. <laughs> 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 I've got big decisions to be made this week. 
two, two defeats in a row. <laughs> Aye. Is your team talk going to be, don't get beat or you're getting put on that SFF podcast? <laughs> no, I think we get beat before we go on that, don't we? <laughs> Aye, true. <laughs> Only have messages one Saturday once we win and get some joined then. Aye, who would be the best on it? Who, who would be the best from the club on it, do you think? Either Dean Richardson or David Dunn. One of the two. Right. Or uh, Andy Duffy. One of them. Okay. Cool, yeah. Yeah, we'll get them on. We'll get them on. We'll hold you to that. That's brilliant. There'll be a few stories with the free anyway. Aye. Aye, <laughs> Are they censored? Well, they need to be censored? Uh, they're broadcastable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you want to cover before no, we can wrap up, John? No, I just want to thank you for your time, boys. It's been different class. Thank you. No, brilliant. Uh, no, thank you very well, much. You're welcome. Anytime. Just Over you, John. Anything? No, no, John. Good, John. Um... <laughs> Uh, the other thing, we obviously talked about that. Um, the poll I ran was about the Scotland trip, um, and my choices were um, was it nice or honking? Um, and fair to say which way that went, I think it was 71% named said it was pretty honking. We'd revealed, we'd revealed it last week that that was going to be the suggestion, thanks to someone, but oh, it's horrendous. <laughs> Aye, it's the, the red and white is the worst of it. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Yeah, that's a weird thing for... Um, Aberdeen fans to say the red and white um, parts the worst part of the strip, um, but yeah. it does it just? I don't know why they put red and white on that, but the car just doesn't go with the rest of the kit. It's just awful. definitely not. Um, but yeah, good luck to Scotland the last two games. I know essentially doesn't mean anything in terms of qualifying, but in terms of building up momentum for playoff, it's it's still big and still important. So let's hope they get two wins. Yeah, it says it all. We've not really even really previewed them. I'd like to have seen a lot of younger boys, i.e. Liam Kelly, etc. involved, but he's went with these other ones. Is Kelly still playing for QPR? Because I saw John yes. McLaughlin's yeah. horrendous mistake at the weekend, um, and it's two League One goalkeepers um, that are in the squad behind Marshall. It's... You know, Liam Kelly should be in the squad for me, and especially when you see McLaughlin, who is our number two, making a howler like that. Exactly. For me, at this stage where Scotland are at, they should be getting the young boys in, getting them all used to each other, and going for the future. They keep bringing some of these older boys back, and let's be honest, they're not going to be the next championships. Let's get all the young boys in and get them used to each other, get them into that environment, and make them feel like a club team as well. They don't have that anymore. Definitely, I agree with that completely. Yeah. Aye, that's probably as good an end as we can have. Um, That's optimistic. Anyway, for the ending for Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's the best we've talked about Scotland on this podcast because we've not mentioned it much. (laughs) Um, But no, thanks. We've gone another week while we're talking about referees. Oh! Slagging him off. No. John, what happened a couple of weeks ago with you and the referee? What did you actually get sent off for? Uh, well, I got the report through and they said that I swore at him, but I never at that point, three minutes into the game, I came for a corner. He never gave it, came over shouting like a madman, don't shout like that. Is that right? Don't speak to him like that. He's still going on, so I don't speak to him like that. Don't speak to him like that. I, that's what I kept saying to him. Then the red card me, so I shouted at the linesman, I was like, can you ask him why he sent me off? Because I asked him three times why he sent me off. 
refused to tell me. Then I walked off the park, I made a comment. Um, it was a fucking joke. <laughs> that's the comment I made. Um, and he said, that's why he sent me off. But he'd already sent me off for me. Right, he'd already sent you off. made that comment, so it's... Dearing me. Aye, so I'm just trying to learn not even interact with him whatsoever now because it's, it's getting worse. Oh, actually, there was one other thing I, I wanted to ask in terms of the action. I don't know if you've seen it. Did you see the was it Eintracht Frankfurt guy? Oh, that was crazy. And he showed up hard the manager. I told you the action to that. I knocked him clean out. I'm being brutally honest. <laughs> 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 I'd probably be sitting a ten-year ban. <laughs> I think he made a wee bit of a meal of it as well. To be fair, um, but <laughs> balance. <laughs> so I thought it was funny you know people are saying it's shocking and all the rest <laughs> no, it's the end of the game it's a heater moment the guys obviously went to get the ball back and the managers pulled a 5-1 by letting the ball run by um, let's be yeah. honest you know that's yeah. another thing that goes on as well is that people talk about time wasting in, in the game they'll moan when it's against them but see when it's their team that's winning they're happy for it to happen so yeah don't dish out what you can't take back get it definitely Right, cheers, guys. In. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, bye.